This is a City of Crestview podcast. Welcome to Season 4 of Civic View, your exclusive source to the inner workings of your local government. We created Civic View to inform and educate our community on all things Crestview, and we are excited to keep that going with another season of spotlights, history, events, and all the awesome things that make Crestview such an amazing place to live. So, let's get started. Hello, Crestview, and thank you for joining me for this episode of Civic View. Um, I really appreciate it. I I don't know what to do because I'm not saying it's awesome, epic, and all those things. I won't say those in the storm. I'm saying anyways, that's what they are. Uh, we are full on into probably what's going to be towards the end of season four, even though I won't really take much of a break, maybe one around spring break, and then we'll come back with season five and it'll be more of this awesome stuff that you're listening to. Um, so uh, in this episode, I have brought our mayor. Mayor J.B. Witten in. Sir, thank you for being here. Absolutely. Good morning. Um, uh, yeah, good morning as well. So uh, I have J.B. here today uh, because we're going to um, do a little bit of a follow-up about the um, the opioid uh, summit that we had, what we're doing now uh, post-summit, and what we're doing going forward and some different ways the community can help and get involved in some things like that and uh, the kind of the process we're in because... And you know, you can back me up on this, sir, but I mean, the point of the summit wasn't just to get a bunch of people together and say, uh, you know, opioids are bad and, and it's a problem for our community. I mean, that that was one function of the summit, but it was also uh, to get us together as a group and then start formulating solutions moving forward in the future. A call to action. Exactly. Yes, sir. Um, and so uh, one of the first things um, you chose to do was assemble a task force. You want to talk about that some? Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, in order to um, develop how we're going to get the word out, going to educate people, uh, we decided that the summit, you can't do that by yourself. You need to have a meeting in the minds from people all involved, the uh, prevention people, treatment people, law enforcement, medical people, business leaders, faith community. And so that's the task force that we formed, uh, has all those participants in there so we can get together and talk about different things that we can do. One of the first things we did, and you were intimately involved in that, was a billboard campaign. Uh, if people haven't seen it yet, uh, uh, we're making awareness of how bad opioids are for the billboards we have, both on PJ Adams on and also on Highway 85. Yeah, and, and currently um, at the bottom you'll see, you know, if you'd like to help, you can visit our website. Because right now we're still um, trying to assemble community involvement and develop resources because eventually what we want are those billboards to turn around and say, if you need help, you can contact this place or reach out to this place. Um, you know, the, uh, it takes time to do those things, right? The summit was the first step. The task force is another step. And, and that's not me going, you know, government bureaucracy, blah, blah, blah. It's because this, this requires our entire community uh, working together to make this any form of successful. You know, I'm not sure what the measurement of successful is because we're not going to eliminate, you know, uh, opioids or fentanyl from our community, sadly, unfortunately. So dealing with it, combating it, however, however you want to put it, you know, um, is, the, is the way we have to do that. And community involvement is is crucial to that. Right. And, and you know, the segment 
that I inadvertently neglected was the education. Right. Uh, and so I have gone in front of the school board, as you know, presented to them and asked them to have a representative on our task force because uh, our students are, are being subjected to fentanyl, opioids, whatever, just as much as everybody else. In fact, maybe even more. I mean, I know that there, there's been cases where they've, well, especially with the fentanyl, they've ran into issues with it being in vapes and things like that. But then also um, sometimes, I mean, I, I don't want to sit here and say it's okay for kids to use drugs. It's not okay. But kids experiment, high schoolers especially, and getting getting one thing that you think is something, you know, and then it having fentanyl in it and being stepped on, so to speak, with fentanyl. So, you know, and, and you get something totally different and, and you know, you can potentially die from it. I mean, that's, that's terrifying. You know, when, in one of our task force meetings, um, Dr. Brown, uh, Dr. Karen Brown spoke about it. Like, you know, don't think of it, at, you know, the statistics, um, that we had, I'm, I'm 20 something, 22 people a day in Florida die from opioid overdose. Yeah. And so 22 a day, that's, that's a lot. Right. So, and, and I, I hate to put it this way, but it's, is that's a classroom full of kids a day, a day are dying from opioid overdose. That's a, that's a big deal. And not all of them are not that that makes a difference either, but not all of them are, you know, drug users on the street either. Right. So some of them are, are, uh, just accidental. Some of them are unrelated to it. Some of them are people that are having issues and they need treatment or care, but that doesn't mean that they've given up on their life or anything like that. I mean, I, I firmly and one of those people that believe that addiction is a disease and it's something that you, you don't just punish, you treat. And I think that, I think that that test, the task force that we have is, you know, we, we work from that mindset as opposed to just, right. you know, we need to just block yeah, because up you're talking about the, the old days when the people experimented, uh, if they overdose, they probably survived. Yeah. Right. And if you're experimenting now, you may survive if you're lucky, but you may not because fentanyl is such a killer. Right. And, and it takes such a small amount. And, you know, we can go back into this all the time. You know, if you want to see something really interesting, you can watch on our on our resource page. We have the summit that we held, you know, I videoed it and, and put it on there. And there's a section in there where Mr. Bailey, who had spoke with us, show showed how, you know, it's under President Trump, we banned the import of it from China, the actual synthetic product. It's a synthetic drug, the production of it, the import of it from China. So we don't actually give it out anymore, um, not typically, uh, and that we at least don't get the chemicals into the country imported that way. So now what happens is the cartels in Mexico, they make it, right? And they're cooking it up in these vats in the middle of the jungle somewhere in Mexico and like there's there's no there's no chemistry to it the, the no there's no science involved yeah. you, you don't know one you might get a pill that might have enough fentanyl to get you high and the next one might make you die yeah and so and and so everyone's like well I mean just don't do the fentanyl or don't take the pills or sure obviously but unfortunately sometimes uh, that's how it works with addiction is, you know, once it's there, you're not thinking about things like, Hey, this might kill me. You're, you're sick. You're dope sick. That's why it's called that. And you know, you're, you're trying to get you fixed. Um, but you know, so, so it is important to start. I mean, we went on a little bit of a off topic there, but well, we were talking but, about the education you know, and things you know, like that. You know, back, back to the task force, because I uh, accidentally left off. 
an important component, and that is our county health department. Right. Is on the task force, and uh, we're partnering with them very, very well in getting the word out. And uh, they have their own committees uh, with all cities participating. And all those committees now have adopted a goal of making opioid awareness. One of their goals is to get that out to all of our people. Yeah, and now is this separate from the Okaloosa County? I'm going to mess it up. The OCHIP, is it separate from that? The committees fall on the OCHIP. Okay, and then and then that's the, I, I have it. Okay, Okaloosa County Health Improvement Partnership. Ha, Absolutely. I read my notes. <laughs> so, so there is that. And I also want to mention, um, uh, because they brought it up in one of our task force meetings, that you can get Narcan um, individually from the health department. They will... Uh, give you like I think she said one or two doses only two um, max you can get us two yeah as an individual right so you can go in and so if you have a family member that you're concerned about or if you're just concerned in general you know um, you can go in and speak with them and they can provide you uh, with the Narcan um, now to that effect you have arranged for a partnership for some training right right because the problem with you if you just give someone Narcan and they're thinking just run and spray it up somebody's nose and have no side effects, that, that that's not true. And we found that. We, we had some cases recently where uh, without crowd control, without knowing what you're doing, not being properly prepared, you're taking a chance if you don't know what you're doing. So we in the city are working with the county EMS, and they're going to come in and do Narcan training so everybody understands uh when you know when you should administer it, how you should administer it, uh, any crowd control involved, precaution you t- should take. For instance, uh, wearing medical gloves. Now the problem is you may not be walking around the city wearing medical gloves, sure. but if at all possible, and you're in an environment where you know you're going to have people in there, and there might be some people that are addicted to drugs, and you might expect some kind of overdose, you need to be prepared. So we're encouraging people to have medical kits. They would have gloves, masks, Narcan, all that kind of stuff. But there there are ways to do that to protect yourself. And EMS is going to come in and do two different trainings. On the one same One in the day, morning, right? one in the evening. On the It's on March 30th. It'll be at the community center. Right. Uh, 9 a.m. and 6 p.m. Absolutely. Just ask. You don't have to sign up ahead of time. We do ask, You do not have to sign up ahead of time. And there's we, no fee. That, and there's no cost. We do ask you be 18 or older sure. to participate. Um, now they're not going to distribute Narcan at that, right? No. It's just a training. So you can get that training, get comfortable with it. Then you can go, uh, to, uh, the health department. We're working on, um, some other ways to get, um, uh, Narcan or the other one that I can't remember the name of off the top of my head. Uh, that still functions the same way. That's the nasal spray stuff, um, to try to get more of that in the community, uh, I, the kits, I think, are a great idea. I was actually going to say, you know, it would be really awesome if um, we had one of those kits, if we could put one of those kits together and have them at, you know, most of the businesses in town and the churches and a few other places like that where they have that kit with some gloves at the Narcan. They have maybe a small instruction sheet. Um, you know, obviously, also always call 911, right? Yeah. Like, you know, what you're saying, I think, is a good long-range plan. But right now, immediately, we need to get the kits in the people to bring in 10, 15, 20, 30 people at one time. Sure. In a location, they're feeding them, 
We know we have maybe some of drug abusers there. So we're setting ourselves up for failure if we don't prepare ourselves. So immediately, that's who I'd want to reach out to. Yeah. So so we're talking uh, institutions that do like food handouts or... Absolutely, um, yes. Especially sit down, lunches and dinners or whatever. Yeah. Some, uh, pl- anywhere where there's assistance, uh, community assistance, things like that. Um, because like I said before, we're, we're not here trying to fix drugs or fix people who are using drugs. I mean, we want to be able to get some resources together and offer those to people, not through the city, but just make a connection point, right? A communication point for people to be able to find that information and seek help if that's what they're seeking. And right now we're just trying to stop people from dying. I mean, to put it bluntly, (laughs) that's, I mean... To be blunt about it, that's that's what we're doing. And, you know, we're continuing to ask you all, our community, to help us, to help assist us, you know, with that process, that project, uh, for lack of a better word to use. Well, and, and when you look at the stats, Chance, um, County EMS has administered two, two Narcan doses a day for the last year. That's just the county level. Each city is probably doing two or three a week. And so every single one of those being administered is a potential death. Right. Now, I don't think we've lost anybody when we've actually responded and administered Narcan, but potentially it could be if you don't get there in time. Right. And, and I mean, that's, that's kind of the beauty of it. I know that some people's counter argument to that is, well, if there's, if you could just save them every time, they're going to keep using it. And, and that does happen sometimes, unfortunately. Or there are tragic stories where, you know, police or EMS or fire responds, Narcan, someone a couple of days later, they get the same call on it. They get the call on the same person and they, they don't make it in time. Um, and that's, that's one of the things that's just, you know, that's just the, the, the horror that is addiction and, and drugs and things like that. Um, you know, again, obviously we would love to just snap our fingers and just make that not be an issue. Right. But that's just not, that's not reality. And so what reality is, is looking at what's in front of you and coming up with solutions and ways that you can fix it as best that you can. And, and this so far to me, I think, you know, the education, always education is one of your first steps, right? Education, communication, letting people know that there's a problem, making sure that people are aware of how impactful the problem is, how important it is, but then making solutions which I think is what we've moved into that phase. We're developing solutions and we're trying to implement those as as we go. Now, uh, the governor has also, you know, knows that there's an issue with opioids within the state. So we we have the core uh, program that's going on. He did come here to Destin and announced that there was an expansion to that program. We don't know yet if Okaloosa County is part of this phase of the expansion. Um, if you want more information on CORE, that's uh, Coordinated Opioid Recovery, uh, you can find that information at floridahealth.gov. I did want to mention that, though, because I believe that eventually it will get here to the panhandle and into the county. And then at that point, you know, we'll have some more resources and, and we'll be able to do sure. uh, some more Yeah, things. that's the goal. They're supposed to, I believe, expand to 12 more counties this year. Yeah, and, and that'll that'll grow more and more because... Um, I, I don't, it, it's, this isn't an issue that's unique to Florida, but we, if you look at like a heat map uh, Florida is one of the States that is struggling with it, um, uh, more, uh, than some of the other States. Yeah. If you look at the stats, 22 a day equates to 8,030 a year. 
And across the U.S. last year, it was over 100,000. Right. So. And that's and that if you it's just going up. I mean, we can sit here and talk about stats all day, but that's just rising because it's in part because in the beginning they were using it just with opioids um, and the fentanyl itself uh, because it's a synthetic opioid. But now they're putting it in all kinds of street drugs, yeah. you know, from I mean, from no matter whether you feel marijuana is a terrible drug or not. Um, that's one that a lot of people use thinking that it's relatively safe and marijuana is one of the ones that people are finding is being laced with fentanyl. Right. So, right. and that's a, that's a whole nother thing. I even mean, even people going on the web where they can, I'm not really sure how they can illegally, but they can get oxycotton, they can get Adderall, they can get those kind of drugs on the web and uh, some of those are being laced with fentanyl. Sure, because they're not they're not coming from a pharmacy or something nope. like that. And you know, it, it it's uh, and sometimes those aren't people trying to buy them because they want to use them as drugs. Sometimes it's people who are just trying to get them because they don't have insurance and they and they can't they have a prescription but they can't afford them otherwise. And which is sad too, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> but you know, I mean, I mean that happens too, right? So, um. Uh, now again, I, you know, I want to, I want to reiterate again about the training that's Thursday, March 30th, uh, 9am is one round of it. It's not 9am to six. There's two different classes. One's at 9am. I think it takes, you said it takes about 15 minutes. Well, no, more more like 30 minutes, 30 minutes. Okay. That makes more sense. And, and, uh, and the reason they're doing it twice is we accommodate people working during the day. They'll be able to come there in the evening. Okay. Yeah. So, so if you, if you work at night, you can try to do the one early. If you work, you know, during the day and you can try to get one, um, we'll make sure JB clears the traffic for everybody that day. Yeah, sure. So they, right. <laughs> <laughs> so they can get there by six to the community center. <laughs> um, I imagine we can probably arrange to do this more than once. Uh, if some, if people show up and they show interest, you know, I think that'll be a key. Yeah. Uh, what kind of, uh, response we get. Right. And and I mean, that's kind of how all of it goes, right? You know, there's, I know there's some places in town. uh, If you have someone, you know, that's looking for help right now, uh, there's a new, a new organization. Uh, It's actually uh, our citizen of the year this year. Dana Claus, the one that, that picked that up and runs it and all that. And that's the Emerald Coast Life Center. They have information online um, or you can find her on the internet pretty easy and reach out to her. I think we have the link on our page. Yeah, we should, I believe. Well, she didn't have one yet. Uh, didn't have a website yet, but we'll double check it and make sure we get it on there. Um, and what JB's referring to is we have a landing page on our website that has the summit. It has, um, some other information. It has links to our resource page, um, links links to to rehab, like saving grace. Yeah. It has, um, it has a lot of that information. So, but also I just want to remind everyone two one one is also a great source for that. Um, you know, sometimes it can be tough because we don't have a world where there's just empty rehab spots waiting for anybody the moment they decide um, to get help. And unfortunately, sometimes you have to move really fast on that because that's the you know danger of addiction is is you you decide you want to change, but then you're still a drug addict too, right? You have to try to get into treatment and get detoxed in time to kind of get some of that out of your system so you can right. continue with your treatment. Um, but there are some some options. Um, our task force, we are working with Bridgeway and the health department and the hospital. 
uh, here and uh, North uh, North Okaloosa Medical Center and or not yeah yeah that's what it's called isn't it yeah and, and the faith community too that that's important because that's right some of our people will go to the pastors so, yeah and and look for help yeah and that and that's something you know that's actually in our first task force meeting something I don't think Pastor Neil mind this Pastor Neil from Hope City Church had brought up was people come to them because they feel the church is a safe place in a safe space you know uh, free of judgment which it should be. And um, they want to get help or they want to seek help, but they don't know what to do. And they can be afraid to approach law enforcement because they're concerned about, you know, there being criminal charges involved in it and things like that. I mean, we have a police officer that's part of the task force. I mean, that's we're in a strange place with some of that right now. Right. Because we are starting to treat that stuff differently and we want to respect people and the issues that they're having, the things that they're going through. We don't want to punish someone because they're seeking help and they want to make no, that, change in their the, life. The key the key to anybody approaching is first save them, help right. them out. That's, exactly. that's the key element, whether it's the fire department, police department, EMS, common citizen, whatever. Let's take care of, save that person. Yeah, exactly. I mean, whether they're asking for help or not, obviously don't just run around on the street and try to save everybody. I mean, I guess you can if you want to do that, but you probably won't be very successful. But if someone is trying to seek help, we want to make sure people are able to get to those resources. But, but in how's this, why are we talking about that? And the other thing, because it's all connected, right? It's all, it's all a knot, so to speak. And if we're going to work at untangling it, we have to take it from all sorts of angles and approach it from different ways. And again, I want to reiterate that the community is a huge part of how we do that. We, can't do that just as the government you know we can provide resources we can provide excuse me we can provide tools we can do a lot of stuff like that but we still have to have the community come back and help us sure. with it as well and as you know we have one of our what i call her citizen activists on that board not associated with business or church or well she probably is but i mean not representing them yeah there's a citizen that's very active in our community and that's dr brown yeah who I had mentioned at the top of this, right. you know, she's the one that went with you to the school board too, right? Mm -hmm. And there's something I'm working on with the the school, the health department, the school board also, uh, trying to get more involvement from the students, the poster campaign. We and um, yeah, so I um, we're getting close to the end here. I do want to mention a couple things. We have a lot of events going on. Easter egg hunt is going to be on the first over at Twin Hills Park. I think we're going to start that at nine. It's like we normally do with the three different age groups. We've got some fun prizes this year if you find one of the prize eggs. A lot of awesome sponsors. We'll talk about that later when we get closer to it. You are doing an ecumenical sunrise service, correct? On Easter Sunday itself, yes, sir. the ninth. On the ninth, and that'll be at the amphitheater. Right. Yep, and for at six thirty a.m. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be too early for me, sir. I'm mean, <laughs> gonna be honest for you. <laughs> uh, we also have um, there's the second Saturday event going on. Um, if you're hearing this Saturday morning, that means that this that Saturday you're listening to it. This Saturday you're listening to it. You can come by the Bush House uh, in the morning, and they've got a little flea market thing going on. Uh, antique market's probably more correct than flea market. Um, it'll be. A little classy, I'm sure. If Brian's got anything to do with it, Brian Hughes over at our, our museum. Uh, that's right here on Wilson Street. If you haven't been there before, it's really great. Um, it's a really cool experience to check out. You know, it's something we're really proud of. We opened it up um, late last year, I believe. And it's it's kicking and going. Um, we do have a survey out right now that's uh, really important, a strategic plan survey. We really want to hear from you. We've heard from about a 1,000 citizens. We'd love to hear from another 1,000 or 2,000. Uh, that survey will be open until the 19th of March. You can find that information on our website. 
You can find it on social media. You can find it on flyers all over town. It's got a QR code. You just uh, hold your camera up to that on your smartphone. It takes about, I don't know, about 10 minutes, probably 12 minutes to do that survey. And it's really valuable that we get that information from you because we're going to be doing our strategic plan. And that's going to be a huge part of where how we're deciding where Crestview is going to go in the future. And you Sure. Know, um, is there anything else uh, you oh, want to yeah, mention? I'd, l- I'd like to wrap up the talk on opioids with the fact we're still maintaining connection with the founder and CEO of Project Opioid, uh, trying to plan a follow-up webinar. Okay, and then then we would we'll probably send that back out to anyone that uh, anyone that attended. Or, we'll send it back out. Yeah, you'll get that, and then we'll probably post it online too to invite. Obviously, this will be one of those where everyone there is kind of going to be muted, probably, and there'll there'll be sure, some conversation yeah. and presentation. But um, but knowing Mr. Bailey, he may end up asking questions anyways because. I mean, he did that at the summit as well, and we had almost 200 people there. Yeah, we're this is not something uh, that we just wanted to talk about one time and go away from. That's why there's more than one podcast, and there'll be another one later on too, um, because we're gonna we're gonna keep at this because we want to make an impact in our community, um, not just because we're civil servants or because JB's an elected official, um, but because we feel like this is important to to deal with. I mean, is that fair to say? Oh, absolutely. That's our job. Take care of our people. That's right. Um, so, yeah, just real quick, as always, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who engages with us on a civic level. We really appreciate it. That survey is a great way to do that, by the way. Um, and, uh, you know, thank you to WAZ, WJSB for getting these out on Saturday mornings at 7 a.m. Uh, your local government, I thought you were going to get out of here, didn't you? Your local government has the biggest impact on you on a daily basis than any other government in your life, uh, state or county or Federal, I promise, even though they don't talk about it as much on TV and you don't learn about it as much, take the opportunity to learn about it. Come visit us at a council meeting. Come uh, check out our social medias at CF Crestview. Check out our website, all those great things. Be a part of the solution. Let us know what we're doing right. Let us know what we're doing wrong. We want to hear from you. We're here for you. That's the point. Whether it's opioids, whether it's traffic, we do the best we can with what we can with that. You know, all of these other things, we want your input. We want to hear from you. We want to know what's important. So always please make sure to reach out to us and let us know. Um, sir, thank you so much for joining oh, me today. Oh, appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. And, uh, you know, as always, I'm going to end this with Be Safe Crest You. I mean this extra hard this time. Be safe. Be aware. If you're listening to this and you are someone that, you know, uses, be careful. Be aware of what you're doing. Um, or if you know someone in your family that does, have that conversation with them and make sure that everyone's being safe. Thank you, Crestview. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Civic View. You can hear new episodes every Friday on Spotify, Pandora, Amazon, Audible, Podbean, iHeartRadio, and on our website at www.cityofcrestview.org. Civic View is a public affairs program produced and recorded right here at City Hall and is also featured Saturday mornings at 7 a.m. on WAAZ-FM and WJSB-AM. Our music is recorded, produced, and performed by Scott Holmes, and you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at City of Crestview. And with that, I'll say be safe, Crestview, and I'll catch you next time.